C'è qualcuno là fuori? C'è qualcuno là fuori? Benvenuti al Christian Podcast. Okay, my friends, today we have a super special guest, Mr. Dan Marino. Everybody's going to be tuning in to this episode just because Dan Marino is on the show. And I feel a little deceitful because it reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons when they feature Michael Jackson. <laughs> And it's, it's not quite Michael Jackson. So I'm aging myself already, which is fine because you guys know me. I'm Beto Gudinho, and this is Christian Podcast, where we bring weekly God thinkers to talk about matters of Christianity and culture through the lens of emoji reactions that range from blasphemous to divine. And today's episode, I think I was, I was going to title this one, Too Blasphemous. What do you think, Dan? Welcome to the show. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. I think, yeah, I think two blasphemous is fine, right? But it have yeah. to be T-W-O blasphemous because it's the two of us. Yes, And uh, correct. And we're both, I guess, going to get pretty blasphemous here. <laughs> exactly. So, Dan, I'm super excited. Welcome to the show. And first of all, before we go any further, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about what you do, and then we'll move to your educational background. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a pretty broad question. Uh, my name is is uh, uh, Dan Marino, as you said. Um, I also, uh, I, I, I'm trying to get a pseudonym, pseudonym going for uh, its brother Dan. Um, that's going to be what I'm, I'm mostly right under. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I, I mean, I grew up in Bakersfield. If you, I don't know how far back you want to go. I grew up in Bakersfield. Um, I uh, am, a, am a musician. I, um, I studied biblical and theological studies at Biola University for my undergrad. Um, and then years later went back. I guess I'm jumping into the, the academic part right now. We are. It's um, good, man. Just go for it. Uh, got my MA in classical theology at uh, Talbot Theological Seminary. Um, I I produce music. I'm a writer. I, I have a poetry Instagram um, called at Typistry for those who are who are interested. Um, I also uh, have a lot of ideas and enjoy writing those down. Um, as well as you know so my my I'm classically trained as a theologian and I, I appreciate you know classic texts primary sources going back and and um, reading the the great thinkers of, of human history and and hopefully uh, incorporate that into my Christian faith into Christian theology and and uh, I think we're also going to get into this at some point but uh, the the integration between Christian theology as well as other academic dis disciplines, something that's really important to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
you asked me a broad question, so I'm, I'm <laughs> just kind of rambling at this point. That's great, man. So, for those of you listening right now, Dan, Dan Marino, also known as Brother Dan, and from now on, therefore, known as Brother Dan, is going to be taking over a new endeavor on ChristianPodcast.com and all together with Christian Podcast, in which he's going to be overseeing all the written content that appears on the website. And we're kind of like in exploratory territory when it comes to that, because uh, in a sense, the invitation was like wide open. Like, Dan, would you consider, you know, joining the efforts of Christian Podcast in, in establishing the brand, but more on the, on the written side, right, of things? And like you're saying, you, know, you have a background in theology, classical theology, and all of the stuff that already I'm like, is, is there any other type of theology and stuff? But <laughs> uh, let's not go into that right now. The cool thing, though, is that I feel like this is a new season for Christian podcasts in which I'm excited. I feel like the one of my objectives from the beginning was kind of like, I, I feel like I love... I, I personal this is my personal take. I love Jesus and I love everything he means to to me and to what I consider to a lot of people. Uh, but also I sense that Christianity and maybe if you want to call it religion um, or Christians in the world are stepping into a new season where I want to be a part of a bigger conversation that hopefully helps the church a hundred years from now, right? So that is really my goal with Christian Podcast. It's not so much, yes, I'm going to talk about matters like right now, but I see this as an opportunity to create a conversation centered around theology and faith in Christ that's wide and open enough and respectful enough to say, can we, even if we disagree, can we talk about things that we think are important. And I feel like that's what my approach has been with the show when you know, I talk to people all over the world. But uh, I feel like I've also wanted Christian podcasts, like, man, this is a resource that people can tap into that it's a little bit untouched because I'm, you know, I'm not so good at writing and I didn't know anyone that could write, but I've seen you post blogs and, you know, kind of like talk about your, um, theological issues or whatever. And I'm like, wow, Dan is such a good guy for that. And we have kind of like a history of you know getting to know each other in the past. So I'm like, I'm going to reach out to him and see if he's interested in this. So with that wide open invitation, Dan, like how do you feel about, um, and I don't know, tell me also, if you want to be called brother Dan, tell me, and I'll start calling you brother Dan, but uh, let's talk about a little bit of that invitation to come on Christian Podcast and, you know, tell us about your plans and Forum Nova or Nova Forum. We haven't really uh, come to a conclusion on what's going to be called, but tell us a little bit about that invitation and your goals or aspirations for this platform and your writing and, well, all of that. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so the first the first thing that comes to mind, and I'll, I'll open by saying, you know, Dan or Brother Dan is is completely fine. Either either way, you're good. Thank you. Um. Uh. Yeah. Your comment about 
wanting to build something that will bless the church a hundred years from now. I mean, man, that's really ambitious, Beto. That's, that's, that's it's kind of a daunting task. And one that, um, you know, I feel, I think in, in some sense inadequate for, because that's, you know, I can't even, I can't even think a hundred years from now and what, what the world is going to be like. I know that, the way things have gone with the church recently. And I mean, even in some sense, since, you know, the, the church became one of the most powerful forces in the world. Um, it's sort of, it's sort of been this, this trend where certain ideas are excluded. Um, only, only certain ideas are allowed to be discussed or to be brought out in the open ideas that might go against um, the church or the traditional teaching on a certain topic, um, those tend to be labeled as blasphemous or, or uh, heretical is, is the term. Um, and it's also there's also been a lot of exclusion from other voices who may hold different worldviews and different perspectives than just Christianity. That there's, there's sort of been a monopoly... The church has held a monopoly for a long time, and I think that that with that comes the responsibility to to steward the discussions well. Um, and I don't I don't think the church has historically allowed for free the free exchange of ideas, the 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 open discussion about about all sorts of of issues. It's 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 someone raises a point, and if it's not perfectly in line with what the church has has always taught it's dismissed or disregarded and and that has caused you know a separation between the church and the world so so what i want to do and what my vision for what i'm calling uh forum nova or nova forum um i'm inspired by the forum at rome which was it was a center of of roman life in in ancient rome where where the citizens would come and and uh, there would there would be the exchange of ideas and the leading ideas of the day. People would be would be talking about them openly in the public square, and uh, there would be debates and disagreements. But but ultimately, there was this this free exchange of of thought and ideas. And I think that you know, as Christians, being interested in the truth and getting to the truth, I think the best way that we can arrive at truth is to put everything on the table, test everything, have 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 there be the the contest of thought and ideas, um, and and hopefully the the good will rise to the top. And if if there's there's bad ideas that we can agree, like okay, this this wasn't a great idea, that can also be discussed too. And and I think that ultimately truth will prevail. Because it'll allow us to find the truth in everything. Um, so, so yeah, so I'm inviting people from from all walks of of Christianity, from from different uh, uh, avenues of the Christian tradition to contribute. But I'm also looking for um people that might think differently or people who who uh, combine Christianity with, you know, who knows, Buddhism or atheism, although Christian atheism would be kind of an interesting yeah. concept. Um, 
really anything. Like like if you if you are an atheist, I want you to be able to to stand in the forum, the 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 forum nova, which means new forum, to stand here as as the people would at Rome and and be able to give a thoughtful account of your position. Um, and to be open to disagreement or to a- agreement, right? For people to be able to say, hey, what you said here was really good. This part I disagree with and here's why. And then for there to be this exchange of, of well, thank you for responding to that. This is, this is, you know, this is the good that I take from your response. This is what I, what I still continue to disagree with. As long as there's the discussion, right? And allowing the discussion to happen, not silencing any positions no matter how controversial or or we might initially dislike them um to allow those conversations to happen i think that in the world right now if someone comes out and says something that that you know people don't like it's immediately uh it's like the mob breaks out and and you know tries to silence these these thoughts and opinions I think that that just pushes them underground to where they're harder to find and where people actually go and seek them out. I think that if everything is in the open and you you allow even the even the worst ideas that you could think of to have a public forum and a public platform, that allows for again public discussion about them so that better ideas can be proposed um as opposed to this idea has been pushed to the side, and now they're they're only in a place where there is no pushback. There is no no one offering different perspectives, and so the people who are who are listening to them have no other uh, source of information than these what we might call bad ideas. So I, I I want the the forum to be a place truly where where we're under the head of Christian podcast but where everyone has a voice, where everyone is able to, to contribute um, in order for the, the truth to ultimately win out. And I think, I think I'm not sure that Christianity has a monopoly on truth, which I think is also something we're going we're gonna to talk about today. Um, I think that truth can be found in other places. Um, as a Christian, I believe that whatever is true in other worldviews has its fullest expression in the person of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't make the truth in those worldviews any less true. It doesn't mean that Christians can't still learn from maybe our Muslim brothers or our atheist brothers or our, our Buddhist brothers or what, whatever worldview, you know, secular humanist, which tends to be more atheist, um, Zoroastrian. Like, like we believe that, that, the the magi that came to the Jesus's uh, nativity that were that were there part of the nativity um, they came vi- and visited him after his birth obviously but but are part of that story those were those were Zoroastrian astrologer priests so and and maybe I'm starting to get into the blasphemy and the the heresy a little bit but but to to learn from other people that that even our own scriptures say, hey, these people were able to find their way to Jesus. Um, and so maybe we should listen to them. Maybe we should listen to others. Maybe we should seek the truth in all things um, and not be afraid of, of those conversations, not be afraid of, of 
actually hearing people and listening to people. And I think that's going to produce a church that isn't, doesn't act like we're afraid of being wrong. You know, that doesn't act like we're afraid of ideas that might challenge our own assumptions, but to, to really, to, to boldly go into these unexplored avenues within the church um, and and hope that, that truth will prevail. And if we believe that truth will prevail, then it, then, then we shouldn't be afraid of it. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do with the with the forum is is to provide a space for the free exchange of ideas. Um, ultimately so that way we can better have an understanding of, of what is true in the world and to learn from, from other people besides just ourselves. Wow. There, there is a lot there, man, to unpack. And maybe we'll even need two more episodes as we, you know, as we start this new endeavor and start seeing, you know, you blog and then maybe people respond and whatnot. And then maybe we can elaborate more on where it's going, what we've learned. Uh, the, the, I don't know. It's just going to be an experience. But as you're talking, there's a lot that I'm resonating with because um, some of what you're saying is when you t we're talking about the church, um, you know, like classical theology and your background in the church. And then like you, you use words uh, similar to like the church hasn't done a great job. And so first of all, I'm I'm kind of curious. What's your, how would you define the church? Because when I mean now the term church is so broad, and I think ultimately people related to Jesus more than anything else. But at the same time, there's so many different like variants. When you say church, it could be like Catholic church, it could be Christian church, it could be evangelical. Like there's so many different that I don't even know. I'm not. I'm. I don't even know which one is which and whatnot. I mean to like the full extent of it. Uh, but even when I think of the church, like in the, in the 1500s and uh, somebody like Martin, Martin Lutero or Martin Luther, I guess um, that in a sense, he was heretical for his era. Right. And, and he started the reformation of the church and the Protestant church started out of that. And then like all these other ramifications of, of a different, um, approach to even the Bible and getting to know God that now, like when I look back, maybe that's a little bit more of my background. And I see that as, man, this is solid. This is where I come from. But at the same time, like for him, it was not like for something like Martin Luther, it was not super solid. It was like, it was the heretical of his age to say, guys, I mean, the, there's the grace of Christ and that should be all of it. And You know, so I think throughout the eras, like this has been persistent that even, you know, when you think of Copernicus or these people like coming with new ideas and, and people saying, man, you're how the world is not round. You're, you're a lunatic, right? And then eventually everybody, well, for the most part, everybody affirming, yeah, we live in a round world. Uh, uh, I mean, the church has experienced changes throughout the eras. So How would you define church when you think of church? And then we'll move on a little bit to the to the future of what this is going to look like. Yeah, you, you said a lot of things in there that um, 
that again, I would love to respond to. So, um, yeah. So just to piggyback on your, your comment about Copernicus there, like that is, I would say one of the examples, I mean, it was, it was Copernicus and then, and then Kepler and Galileo, I mean, Galileo got the worst of it. So, so Kepler was, a. a canon lawyer in the church not kepler copernicus was a canon lawyer in the church which means he had to know the history of papal decrees what the pope had said he knew his theology he was someone that like i i he, he was a theologian right who was also interested in astronomy and he makes this discovery that the earth is very likely moving around the sun um at a time when the the leading thought of the day was that the earth doesn't doesn't move and there are verses in the psalms that talk about how the earth is fixed on its foundations so this was he knew okay this is something that is going against what the church has always taught what what christians have effectively always believed and even going back to like aristotle that it looks like the the earth is stationary and so we think that it is um and he was afraid and in, in, in writing his book, he, so I'm going to have a, a series on the scientists on God, which is why I, I actually know all this. This is coming to the blog at some point, um, but it's going to be, so we're going to get into like what, what Copernicus and Kepler and Galileo and Newton and even Darwin and like some of these, these, uh, these guys, what they've had to say about God in his, in writing um, on the revolutions of the, the heavenly spheres, I think is, is what it's called. Um, he writes the dedication to the Pope. And expresses like how afraid he is to even talk about this because he knows how much opposition there's going to be. Um, and I, I, it's it's one of those things of like, why is there fear to talk about a legitimate like you made a legitimate scientific discovery? You you have checked your math. You know that it's correct, and it's flying in the face of of everything that people have always believed. And you're you're afraid. Because I think he knows that, like, the church doesn't respond well to things that challenge long-standing traditional beliefs within the church. Um, and that's that's something that I want to to go against, that to, to release people of that fear and to have the freedom to talk about things on the blog. So I love that you brought up Copernicus. He's going to be one of our dudes. Interestingly enough, he actually died... Uh, a little bit before that that work was published finally so he didn't get to see any of the fallout that like galileo went wow. through in his excommunication um your question about what is the church now because i've used this word constantly to talk about the church and copernicus going against the church um so there's i mean there's a couple ways that we can understand this as when we talk about like men going up against the church it's traditionally been the catholic church especially within within uh i mean martin luther you brought up martin luther he was going against the catholic church it's the the institution that kind of ran everything from like I'm, people are going to be laughing at my my church history getting the dates wrong here but roughly like the 500s to I would say even the 1517, which is when the the Protestant Reformation happens, um, between that that period of let's say a thousand years, give or take, 
the church was in control of everything, and that's that's the Catholic Church. Now, what I think you're asking me when you ask me what is the church is is who are Christians, right? Who are the people that belong to not the institutional power structure that that you know ran the world for a thousand years and and even still has a lot of power. I think you're asking who are the people that comprise the church? Because there is there's a there's a whole mess of divisions and denominations and and different practices even within Christianity to the extent that people say how can this be true there's there's 40,000 uh Protestant denominations alone um I mean it, I think it could be 40,000 total of, but but it sometimes feels like in at least in the Protestant denominations there's there's 40,000 I think that's a, a direct result of of Luther saying, you know what, we're actually not going to be a part of the Catholic Church and we're going to go do our own thing. That now, within this tradition that is born out of rebellion against the church, you've got all these other traditions saying, well, I we want to practice this way. We believe this this thing. Um, it's different from what, you, from what this church is teaching, so we're going to split. When Jesus is about to be crucified... This is John 17, 20, I think it goes to like 24, but I wrote my, I wrote my master's thesis on 20, 21 and 20 and 21, John 17, 20 and 21. Um, this is his, like one of his last moments before he's arrested. It's basically his final ministerial word before he goes to the cross, he's praying to the Father on behalf of all believers, and he he starts off not just for um for like the ones who are with me, but the ones who um the ones who effectively come to me through their message, the message of the apostles, the message of of the first disciples who who sent the gospel into the world that. And he prays that those who believe in their message, that's you and me, that's every Christian, that they would be one as you, talking to the Father, as you and I are one. So he he couches this, the unity of the church, the unity of believers in the unity of the Trinity. Um, and as I look around, I see that... that Okay, this this isn't the case. Like what Jesus has prayed for here um, is not what transpired. That there is quite a lot of division and disunity um, in the various denominations of the church. So how do we determine what's what's real and who are the real Christians? Well, I think it's we need to figure out what the apostles' message is. In First Corinthians, there, Paul, I think, gives us a couple hints as to what the message was. He says, when I was with you, and I don't, forgive me that I don't have the verses, the, the verse address off the top You're of my head. You're doing way better than I <laughs> would, man. <so. laughs> I, I, I wish I had the, the verse, um, the verse uh, address off the top of my head, but it's, it's he says in one place, um, when I was with you, I desired to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. And he says that I was sent to you to preach the gospel. So the message 
of the apostles, and Paul is, we regard as one of the apostles, the message of the apostles, the earliest message that, that is supposed to unite the church seems to be Christ and him crucified. Um, and immediately, uh, you know, in my theologian's mind, I, I want to add like, well, you need the, you need the Trinity. You need to have a good doctrinal foundation of the Trinity. You need, um, you need the resurrection. Like it's not enough to say Christ and him crucified. You need the resurrection as well. You need, you need to you know, start making this list of all these other things that you need to believe. And I feel like that's where we start getting into divisions because we start saying, well, no, you need to believe this to be a Christian well, now that excludes this group of people, so we can't be with them. So now our church is splitting away from them because they believe this and we believe that. If we want to talk about blasphemy, I'll get a little blasphemous here, right? Like I'm wearing the emoji on my on my hat right now. Me too. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that you need even the, the doctrine of the Trinity, and I'll explain why in a second. I'm not sure that you need the doctrine. <sighs> I mean, it doesn't really make sense for me to, like, why are you calling yourself a Christian if you don't believe these things? But in order to be saved, I think I'm not sure you need even to believe in the resurrection. I think about, and, and that is blasphemy and heretical, I think about Thomas, um, commonly referred to as Doubting Thomas, who refused to believe that Jesus rose from the dead until he saw him. And then he says, my Lord and my God. Like, he, he obviously comes to faith. I see you. I now believe that, that you have rose from the dead. He, it's interesting. He says, unless I put my fingers in his hands and in his side... But it doesn't say that he ever does that. I think it's actually enough that Jesus stands there before him that he doesn't have to at that point. It's, it's okay, fine, I, I believe that you've risen from the dead. I see you. And my question is, is if, if Thomas was still allowed to be a disciple, if he was still allowed to be an apostle, if he's still allowed to be regarded as a saint, Saint Thomas, who refused to be, put his faith put his belief in the resurrection of Jesus until he sees him. My question is, are other people going to be allowed that same opportunity? That it's not until they see the resurrected Jesus that they believe, will they be given that same opportunity as Thomas? So that's why I'm not sure. It's as crazy as that is to say, even as a theologian, that I'm not sure belief in the resurrection is a necessary thing for someone to be a Christian in the United Christ Church. Again, kind of strange if you're a Christian and don't believe in the resurrection. Like, you know, what are you? Who are you believing in? Like, like believing in Christ and Him crucified. Um, if he, if there is no victory over death, Paul in in Corinthians 15 talks about. First uh, Corinthians 15 talks about you know. If Christ is not raised, then there's no resurrection for the rest of us. You kind of lose the Christian hope of resurrection if Christ is not raised. Um, but it doesn't seem to be a necessity to, to just come to him. The Trinity, I mean, we can say that, that it's not a doctrine that's explicitly named in Scripture. I think that, that you get a good idea at the way scripture talks about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that, you know, there is only one God, 
and that each of them are God. I think that um, a case can be made for the Trinitarian image of God in man, actually, in terms of our psyches, which seem to be Trinitarian in themselves. But at the same time, we are all incapable of comprehending, fully comprehending, fully, completely comprehending the Trinity. If you were to, to survey, I mean, any church, take your pick and ask the people of that church to explain the Trinity, I think you'd get a combination, you'd get a, a range from, from orthodoxy being like, you know, the people like explaining the Trinity as best as we possibly can to accidental heresy. And they, they, they might, you know, describe God as being, you know, like water in three different shapes, uh, three different states, you know, solid, liquid, gas. And might talk about, you know, how an egg is, is the shell and the yolk and also the white. And it's, it's, you're not, you're not really describing the Trinity here. You're, you're espousing Trinitarian heresy according to the doctrines of the church, when you describe God in this way. Um, so, so to what extent does someone need to believe in the Trinity? Do they need to just believe it, even if they don't understand how it works? I don't see to me, like, I, I don't know how to believe in something and, and not comprehend it fully. I can, I can say, all right, yeah, I believe that God is, is, three persons in one while at the same time having no idea or a vague idea or a, a, an incomplete idea of what that means. But there is so much more that I don't understand that when I'm saying these words, yes, I believe in the Trinity, what I'm, what I'm believing in may not be God as he is. The way that I'm conceptualizing the Trinity may not be hundred percent accurate and couldn't be a hundred percent accurate none of us can conceptualize the Trinity with a hundred percent accuracy so is that something we need to believe in order to be saved again I mean I, I feel like you run into problems it's, it's strange not to believe this thing that the church has all has always believed but if you don't understand something and don't want to put your faith in complete faith in something that you don't understand, I don't know that God won't be merciful to you. Like I, I, I have to believe that the God who remembers that we are dust, and that is, that's again, I wish I could give you the verse for that, but who remembers that we are dust, that I think that there's mercy for him to say like, yeah, I completely understand you not being able to comprehend my trinitarian nature i understand you not wanting to believe in that but you believed in in christ you believed in christ and him crucified that at least according to paul seems to be the message of the apostles that according to jesus is the thing that needs to unite the church so so you're asking me what is the church and who are the christians i i think it's people who believe in christ and whatever else they believe should not be a matter for division if we're supposed to be one as as Christ and the Father are one again we're coming back to that's trinitarian we're getting into the nature of the trinity 
we're supposed to be one like that. Um, and we've allowed doctrine, even the doctrine of the Trinity, the, the, the East and the West, the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church divided over the, the, the phrase in the Nicene Creed um, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, the Filioque, the Filioque and the Son, uh, that, that they divided over that, that phrase. And it's, it's when we're talking about the procession of the Father and of the Holy, when we're talking about the procession of the Holy Spirit, whether that's from the Father or the Father and the Son, no one knows what that means. No one knows what, what that, that, how that conceptually works out because we're talking about intertrinitarian relationships that none of us have access to. And yet we let these things divide us from our brothers and sisters um, I think unnecessarily. So, so who is the church? I think it's people who believe in Christ. And then from there, we've allowed our individual theologies, our individual ways of understanding what it means to follow Christ, to divide us from other people who are also trying to follow Christ. Wow, man, there, there's so much in what you said and... Uh, well, first of all, I feel like I appreciate uh, that in the 21st century, I mean, you, you have this, this welcoming uh, approach to ideas, right? And to saying, hey, if you disagree, here's a platform where we can talk and discuss. And in a sense, I almost feel like, I, I hope, is I'm sure it's not the only place uh, but in a sense I feel like this is this is almost like breaking ground that in a sense like a Christian entity you know like Christian podcast it's opening its doors to say hey we we believe more in conversation than we believe in the right doctrine or the right dogma or the right uh, liturgy or the right way to this even though it I personally feel like as a Christian, you know, and in, in, if you go to the website, like uh, I feel like I almost went through a somewhat of a deconstruction of my faith. And I think that's important for people to go through it too. Cause I feel like you shouldn't believe something just because, right. But um, as I went through my own process, my faith solidify more, but uh, at the same time, I feel like a lot of the, the things I could hold on to, I had to let go. So maybe a lot of doctrinal statements, I'm like, <laughs> and this is where we're too blasphemous, right? Uh, I feel like I don't care that much, you know? Uh, I care more about who Jesus is. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost daring to say that when I personally, this is no, just me, when I think of the church, I, I almost feel like it's people who do good but I totally agree with your first comment that you said. Um, I feel like in Christ, I find the the fullest revelation of the heart of the Father. So if there's a God who's good, is like if I look to Jesus, I'm like I can see the evidence of every single one of those pieces that complete what goodness can look like, and ultimately 
the goal is that we can replicate that goodness in this world. So I see the church as almost as like humanity getting along. So it's like, if we can get along, that's why I feel like I want to have a place where we can have conversations rather than you know, fight over this or that, you know? And I don't know, this might be a place where people will, in a sense, argue about this or that, but I'd rather argue about this or that than have a war or have the next crusade about this or that, right? Um, so... Yeah. Can I respond to that? Yeah. I would love to. Yeah, so... so um, yeah, so as you were talking, a few things, a few things came to mind. Um, our world is, I mean, it feels like every day is getting more and more divided and people are getting more and more divisive. I think that, that people have always been what they are now. I think that there are factors in place that have exacerbated it. I think social media is part of our ongoing division. Um, that's nothing novel that I'm saying. I, a lot of people are saying that, but um, I believe the church should be an example to the world of how to disagree in love and to find the areas where we are in more agreement than we are in disagreement and, and really dig into to that. Um, Christ comes to correct all of us and all of our theologies, right? All of us have places in our theology where we are wrong for, for one or two reasons. One, we're just, we're just incorrect or we, we might believe correctly, but it's, it's the thing that we're believing in for example, the, the doctrine of the Trinity is so big that that our whatever we believe about it is inadequate. Um, and so I think that that with that needs to come a humility to to say, look, I could be wrong. Christ could very this could be a point on which Christ could very well correct me. I think I think there do need to be like like firm things. Um, cause otherwise, like I said, it doesn't really make sense to, you know, believe in, in Christ if he's not raised from the dead. Like there's, there's a few things that to me don't make sense, but, but to at least have the, the ability to have the conversation, um, and to show the world like, wow, these are people who love each other enough and recognize that they share more faith than they share disagreement, um, to look to them to look to us, the church, as as an example for um, unity and and uniting the world around the things that we believe rather than the things that we don't believe, then dividing over the things that we, you know, may not share in common. Um, I'm kind of losing my thought and I feel like I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but that's that's basically what I would say is to, to understand that that we we all have places where we're wrong. We have no way of knowing where those places are, um, because if we if we did know where we were wrong, we wouldn't think wrongly, right? Like we wouldn't believe the things that we know to be wrong if we know them to be wrong. Um, so to know that, like, one, okay, I could be wrong, and two, I don't know where I'm wrong, 
and to just just love this person, love my neighbor enough to to have them tell me things that I disagree with, open to the possibility of being wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, uniting over the shared the shared commonality and who cares if you believe that that children can be baptized and I don't. We both believe that baptism is important, right? So it just seems silly to divide a church where because one group thinks that you can baptize babies and another thinks that you absolutely cannot baptize babies. Both groups are are upholding the 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 sacrament of baptism, um, and and then. Which is so much more unifying than the the disagreement over how that should be done. Wow, that's so good, man. And just to clarify, uh, it's funny because I've been baptized through both. I've been baptized as a kid in the Catholic Church, uh, growing up in Mexico, and my mom having a background in in the Catholic Church, and then getting baptized as a grown adult in the which other ever church. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like, there's a lot of uh, uh, places where we can look more at the the places where we have commonality rather than the places where not. And I have a lot, man. If uh, like when I was talking about this deconstruction, I feel like I came to the two statements, right? Like Jesus is God and God is good, and and it's almost like. I, I care about everything else, and I think, you know, I read the Bible, like, uh, go to the scriptures. I feel like there is, uh, I consider them to be almost like a plumb line or a, a guidance, a laser that points me to to the true north. But I also approach it with, with a lens of Jesus. Like, I feel like if I don't have Jesus in this lens, and if Jesus is God, and if Jesus is good... I got to look for goodness in the scriptures and I got to look for the matters of the heart. And I feel like that's the, that's the only tricky part with society is that uh, sometimes the matters of the heart can be disguised by the action itself that seems rightful or righteous, right? So, I mean, perfect example is Jesus is, is witnessing people giving their offering and then people are giving what is left over and then a woman comes and gives everything she has and then Jesus commands the faith of this woman that you know gave everything she had and said all everybody else gave what was left over right so the attitude of the heart was I'm just going to give not the best just something so that I appear as righteous before people and then this woman gives everything she had and nobody cares because like, what is two bucks, right? Uh, and then Jesus says, no, the attitude of the heart is what I'm looking at. Um, but it can be a disguise, right? Because in the appearance, what these people are giving can look for other people like, oh, these people are truly righteous, right? And then when you know Jesus goes even further, when he says, uh, you know, the, the, the prayer of the... What is it? There's a prayer of the man who says, uh, God, I thank you because I'm not like them, right? Who are sinners. And then there's another guy who says, Lord, forgive me because I'm a sinner. And, and he repents. And who do you think found grace before God? So I feel like the attitude of the heart is is the one where I'm looking for goodness in 
in everything and i feel like i can find some of that anywhere else but it's most it's completely my my assumption not my assumption but my my conviction is that it's being completely revealed in christ like every intention of the heart in jesus interactions was pure and that reveals something about his goodness that we can replicate but it needs to be replicated through through our heart rather than through the action itself even though sometimes both and this is i feel where maybe orthopraxis and orthodoxy can marry is when orthodoxy more seen as the as the right heart rather than the right belief uh, but orthopraxy as when you have the right heart the right the right action will burst out of you because that's who you are rather than oh i'm trying to portray myself as this even though sometimes i feel like the posture of the of uh of the practice informs the heart which is there's a strange relationship right there but um so dan i mean there's so much there that it's just so good so when we when you talk about the disciplines different academic disciplines paired with theology what is that what is it that you envision as as you talk about you know just different disciplines or different academies or or however you phrased it but what do you mean by that yeah so there's this um historical uh it's it's i'm not even sure what to call it because it's not strictly speaking a doctrine or i, I guess it, i guess it might be but the idea that there are two books of revelation so one of them is the special revelation of the scriptures that's how we know um specifically like what god is like that's how we know about jesus that's how we know um about salvation history and the gospel and and specific moral teachings but then the other book is the book of general revelation or the book of nature that we i mean we can also gather things about god from there that the, you know there's a creator that um things work mathematically and that there's there seems to be some like getting down into like fractal geometry and uh, Fibonacci sequences that those seem to be everywhere in in creation um that there this speaks to like some kind of des there's mathematical design here if I want to say and these are these are things that I'm I'm getting at just from the natural world and I I think that the academic disciplines such as science um uh uh psychology history um trying to think of, of what else even even like the humanities i think that we can find truth in in like the the great fictional works um that that is that is christian truth but i would say that the mainly the academic disciplines uh, such as like science and and uh, and the, the ones that i mentioned i think that those to it, to only ever read the 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 special revelation the bible to only ever to only ever read that book is to miss out on an entire book that that god has has written for us and that's reality itself 
Um, and these disciplines, in the same way that I think that, that like, you know, biblical scholars go to school to learn the, the art of exegesis, I think that science, psychology, um, these different academic disciplines are doing exegesis of the book of nature. And I think that, that you know, when, when as soon as we say that it's only our theological exegesis, it's only our theological tradition that can determine what we believe about the world, you run into situations where you've got a guy like Copernicus, Kepler, Galileo, coming and saying, hey, the, uh, the earth is actually moving. And our our interpretations of, of scripture need to change, which they actually they actually said that like they talk about how like like it's it's to understand that the Bible is speaking in a certain way to to make us understand things as 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 people as as uh, as a species trying to just make our way through the world. We see the sun rising. So the sun is, we just say that the sun is rising, but the sun's not actually rising, right? The, the, the scriptures speak in this sort of, um, personal way. Uh, and we miss out. Sorry, I've, I've lost, I lost my thought in the middle of this. One of the things guys happens to me all the time. One of of the things that, that you'll learn about about me in if we do another interview is you're going to see this where I, I get going on a thought and like five different thoughts come up at once and I just can <laughs> completely get derailed. But what I, the point that I, w- I want to make if I can land the plane real fast, cause I think I can is to, to save it, to allow, <laughs> to allow the exegesis of the book of nature to inform our F- exegesis of the book of scripture. And maybe, uh, there's part of me that wants to say and vice versa that like we, you know, allow scripture to inform our, our exegesis of the book of nature. Maybe, maybe especially in philosophy, because I feel like philosophy divorced from spiritual uh, matters or spiritual objectives um, can, can run into some dangerous ground, even science as well to, to help to allow like general, uh, special revelation to inform you know, our practices in science to make sure that we're doing things ethically and, and stuff like that. But if science is telling us that, that, for example, humanity evolved or that the earth revolves around the sun or that, that, um, it, if the, if the book of nature, if reality itself, that God also authored and authored first is telling us these things, then it's not necessarily that it goes against scripture because I don't think it does. It it might go against our interpretations of scripture, which we cannot hold as an errant. And we need to be willing to allow our interpretations of scripture to change if they need to, so that we can read both of God's books as if they're, they're both scripture. There's scripture of, of different kinds. There's there's the scripture that everyone has access to that is reality itself. And then there's the scripture that by which we can navigate our way through reality. Um But it's it's they're both divinely authored books, and I feel like they they haven't been treated as both divinely authored books. It's it's you know, give me give me a scripture verse that supports evolution or or uh some some church father talking about it 
Otherwise, I'm I'm not interested. And it's like, well, it's not really how science or theology should work. Like as as science develops and we learn more things about the world, take the truth from that and see if we can apply it to scripture. And so one of the articles I want to write about is how how evolutionary science there actually is an interpretation of Genesis 1 and 2 that that not only allows for evolution, but evolution I think actually solves the the apparent contradiction between Genesis 1 and 2. It, and that's I'm giving a lot away here, spoiler alert. Um, when I get to that blog post, I, I would love feedback from from you guys. But that's that's just one of many ideas that I want to bring up to try to integrate the academic disciplines with theology to try to talk about reality as it is, as as things that we believe that are not separated from reality but are part of it, that are happening inside of it, and and to to praise the God who wrote both books and gave it to us, gave them both to us. Wow, I love that. Uh, I've never heard that that almost like parallel of the two books, but it's impressive, and I think that's amazing. Like I, it just helps me understand like way better the relationship between maybe the spiritual and the natural world, even. Uh, but so, anyways, I love your approach to what's going to be happening on the blog on Forum Nova the invitation to for people to explore these topics from you know different academic discipline perspectives and so that's going to be amazing and you know like like I was saying you know I'm too blasphemous <laughs> it's almost like I appreciate your heart for it because I feel like I don't care as much like to me I mean I'm I'm a curious and I for sure would read it and be like oh wow But it, to me, it, I feel like it doesn't affect my faith at all. Like whether, like for example, you know, if the earth is 10,000 years old or if it's like millions and millions and billions of years old, to me it's like, <laughs> uh, to some point I feel like I don't care. But what I do care is that this is just me being silly, right? Uh, when I think of humanity, I feel like we really started when we started writing. Like when people started writing, I'm like, okay, now we have an account of who we are and and what's been happening but whether before that there's been millions of years i'm like yeah maybe you know if that's where things point to uh, but did we start writing millions of years ago no right so it seems like there was a, an awareness of who we are as humans and it's way more recent recent and and i appreciate that too you know and so anyways I feel like there's a balance, but to conclude the episode, because we're almost to an hour long, and I'm, this for sure, we're going to need another talk, man, because there's way more questions that we still had. Like, does Christianity hold, does Christianity have a hold on morality? Um, does Jesus have a hold on morality? And there's a bunch of other questions that we could explore. But as we wrap up the episode, Brother Dan, what would you say? Um, so if we're going to have five emojis or have f like a spectrum of five, um, reactions to belief, uh, what would be your hope real quick, like for each one of them, for people to start blogging or submit, you know, their ideas or thoughts to the Forum Nova blog. So can you... Just maybe real quick elaborate on what can each of the five categories look like. 
Yeah, I'd love to, and I'll I'll try to be quick. Um, um, yeah. So you have a minute. Uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna go a little over, but um, yeah. So so blasphemous is the one obviously on my mind because it's on my hat. Um, I think that that people should have the freedom to be controversial, to be heretical. Um, I think the risk with blasphemous is is that it you know. It could also be offensive to God, but I think, you know, I think God can take it. <laughs> I, I, I get like, you know, I, he, I don't think he, like anyone, I don't think that he like really appreciates being offended or blasphemed. It's a sin, right? The Bible describes it as a sin, but I think that, that for people in the context of having the freedom to at least ask these questions that might be treated as blasphemy or that might be treated as heretical. Um, I think people should have the risk to be able to do that so that way we can then say, hey, this was blasphemous and here's why, or this was heretical and here's why, and give the explanation and have there be a discussion. So that's for for blasphemous, is, is go ahead and say things that the church doesn't like. For skeptical, I think that that goes along the the same path where go ahead and ask questions or say like, hey, I'm not sure I believe in the resurrection or I'm not sure I believe in in you name it. Right. The 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 main thing that I'm looking for, I'll I'll get to this in the end. Uh, What's the other one? So there's divine. Have things that that absolutely are beautiful and and give someone the an experience with god that 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 they read and they they find truth they find christ in i think that that's i think that's beautiful and and wonderful holy um things that are are not like uh maybe the things of the world like it's when you start getting into the divine holy and uh inspired like there there's a lot of overlap with these um that it's something that is is set apart maybe for the church maybe something to bless the church like that feels very very holy and set apart the um the inspired to to allow people that like if if you have a conviction or something that that has been placed on your heart that you want to say and you don't hear other people saying it feel free man Come on, or woman, come come join us, or or you know, non-binary siblings. Like like I'm, who, who anyone is welcome to contribute to to this blog. For the, for, I I will say, and this is this is gonna be in my my like invocation of the blog. I'm looking for for thoughtful. Um, I'm looking for, um, articulate, uh, positions thoughtfully articulated positions that um that's why i'm not in charge of it (laughs) right (laughs) so i i mean you would do fine but i i like it's i want there to be quality it's not going to be like necessarily a free-for-all but it is a free-for-all so long as you can make your argument that you are trying to make that it's not super rambling even though i'm sure the listeners can tell i'm gonna post some things that are going to be kind of rambling. I'm a rambler as you can hear. Um, and it's honestly, let's have the freedom to have super short one paragraph pieces and really long 15 page pieces. And let's like, truly, if you've got something to say and you can say it well, 
and thoughtfully and in a way that that at least makes the case that you're trying to make yeah i'll, I'll put you on the blog I have, I have no problem with that and i have no problem with you being blasphemous or heretical no problem with you being skeptical would love for you to be you know divine inspired and holy um but you know if i'm inviting atheists they're going to be skeptical. If I'm inviting, if I'm going to, if I'm inviting non-Christians, they're going to be blasphemous. If I'm inviting, um, even just, just Christians trying and wrestling with, with their own thoughts, you know, who knows what they're going to say. So, but it's, it's, I want people to have the freedom in the way that the church has not, has not historically there is children outside of this building right now. The book of nature crazy. is happening outside. <laughs> I, you know, it's beautiful and it's chaotic. And, and yeah, I think on that note, with that interruption, I'll say, yeah, I've, I've probably talked too long. Love it, man. Wow. All right. Okay, man. So finally, uh, like I said, I feel like we're going to need a whole other episode for this. And even as you described some of the emojis and reactions, I'm like, wow, I kind of see them not completely different, but I can see where I even would use a different emoji for, for each one of those. And I think that's the beauty of of our era that you no know, we can thoughtfully disagree and use different i mean that's why they're emojis because they're friendly <laughs> and but they mean something right so dan uh just open us up to where can people go now where can people even find more about who you are i know you have your own project so uh where can people find who you are and then the invitation for them to submit to their work to you Yeah, so, I mean, there's some information I need from you for a little bit of some of that. So, on Twitter, I am at Dan Barlinmar. That's D-A-N-B-A-R-L-I-N-M-A-R. Search for that. You're going to see someone named Brother Dan, and that's me. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, at Typistry, T-Y-P-I-N. S-T-R-Y, I think is what, that's my poetry page. I've got a couple bands that are, I have some uh, projects releasing. One is the Devereaux Sound Experience. Um, another is Us Miserable Offenders. Um, and, uh, which is, that's taken from the liturgy, Us, Miser- Us Miserable Offenders. Um, and then, uh, what else am I doing? I, so, where can you, where can you submit stuff to this blog? I'm gonna have an email. I think it's gonna be Dan at Christian Podcast, is that right? Or Brother Dan? So far, it's Dan at Christian Podcast. All right, so it's going to be Dan at Christian Podcast. Send me uh, submissions. I think there's probably also going to be a little place on the the blog once that's up and running for you guys to to click on and and submit stuff that way. Um, But yeah, I welcome your ideas. I welcome your thoughts. And uh, once we we get going, we're going to need content. I'm looking for quality, more than quantity, but we're going to need quantity as well. So, um, yeah, if you've got something to say, please say it. 